so much to be grateful for, and I'm bummed out. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute, because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. I'm a botherina. What's up, everybody? Ty Rivera here, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. All right, so it's Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving to me is a very important holiday because it reminds us to be grateful for things in our life and for people in our lives, and I have a lot to be grateful for this year. I'm currently in an argument with the boy right now, which I don't know how that's going to go. I said something I didn't mean. He said some things that he didn't mean. It's, it's just gotten ugly. And I wish that it wasn't like that, but it is like that. And I'm just being honest with you guys because that's where I'm at and that's what I'm talking about. This is likely going to be the last unbothered that I do in my apartment. I'm moving to the other side of town. I should be more grateful for that. And really, I wished for it and it happened. I basically manifested it. And now I'm not feeling the most grateful for it. And I need that's a me thing that I need to get past and I need to be more grateful because what happened was I had planned on moving to this other apartment across town. It's a roommate situation, but it's a friend that I've known for a while, and I know she's cool and super chill, and I know we're going to get along really well. And she has a small dog that gets along with Bijou, and I know that sometimes Bijou needs a little bit of company, and if there's another person to watch her or if I can fly out of town and have Bijou be able to stay at my place rather than have to go somewhere else, all the way around, it's just going to be a good situation. But then I met this boy shortly after I ended up like deciding that I was going to move into this apartment. And when the boy came over here, he felt like he could actually live here with me. And I felt like I would like for him to live here with me. But, you know, I'd already given my 30 day notice and they said that they were going to renovate the apartment. So that changes things a bit and it made it so... I was committed to moving into this place that I had given my word I would move into. So it wouldn't necessarily be fair to her if I decided that I wasn't going to move in after all. So I've been begrudgingly and I shouldn't use that word, but it has been my general attitude that I've been sluggishly and begrudgingly moving to the other place. And I have been moving my stuff the other day was a trying day. Yesterday was a trying day because it was a day before Thanksgiving, the Wednesday, whatever that is, the 24th or whatever. And it was just because I really had been putting in my best effort to not only move but organize because organizing is not my strong suit. So I was trying to not only move but also organize at the same time. And I was looking forward to talking to the boy when I finally got to talk to the boy, he gave me kind of a hard time about how long it was taking for me to move. And I felt like I'm doing this all by myself. Like I don't have any help at all right now. So the fact that you, after a long day of me doing this, that you're not 100% positive towards me and what it is I'm trying to get done, for me does hit me a certain way and did hurt my feelings. So... It wasn't the best conversation. There were other things that happened in that conversation. And I try to respect his 
anonymity, you know, because really he when it comes to politics and stuff like that, he's completely different from me. So if anybody were to ever see us together and think that, you know, he thinks the same as me when it comes to politics or that we're on the same page when it comes to socioeconomic issues or issues of social justice or any of that stuff, we don't talk about that stuff because we know that we don't agree on it. We've talked on the generals and he knows how I voted and I know somewhat how he voted, but it's not something that I really press. And I don't think a lot of people understand that when it comes to me, that I'm not the biggest on who's voting for who or who stands where politically. Carla's homemates also though, which I forgot to mention, is our sponsor here at Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Check out Carlos Homemade Salsa. She's back to making the green as well. So any one of the flavors you want, check her out. There's also a limited edition gift box that she's selling. I believe it's $30 for the gift box. I could be wrong on that, but I do believe it's $30. Check out Carlos Homemade Salsa. If you like it spicy, you're watching Unbothered, so I know you like it spicy. Go to Carlos Homemade Salsa on Etsy. The link is going to be down below in the description box. You're also going to see a link for Whimsy's Alligators as well as Play-Doh Treats, which neither of them sponsor me, but I still give them shout outs. And you can check out their stuff down below in the Amazon affiliates links. So if you guys get a chance, check that out. Also, if you have any shopping you want to do on Amazon, hit the links below. Any one of them, it'll take you Amazon. Get it do it, make it happen. So what I was talking about was, you know, and I know that it's my fault when it comes to all the things with to do with my mini relationships slash relationships. I know that it's my fault in the way that I will jump in both feet and just really try to figure out whether or not a situation is going to work for me. And I know sometimes that I should probably take it a little bit slower. And I've had people tell me to take it a little bit slower. But I don't really understand how taking it slowly would make the process any different. And I know that that would give us more time to get to know each other. But at the same time, like I said last week, sometimes I just want to have the fun of that like right at the beginning. And I don't want to kill it by being like, we should think about this and we should talk about this first. And all those things could be a recipe for disaster, but they also could be a recipe for apprehension and for making me feel like maybe I shouldn't be doing what it is I'm doing when even if these things are only momentary, in the end, I will feel better knowing that this is something that I fully checked out and just committed to from the beginning. And like I said, it does blow up in my face plenty. You guys have seen that. But at the same time, if I'm enjoying my life, does it really matter if things blow up in my face? Does it really matter? Because I don't think it does. And I know that you know, maybe we ended up in a place that we shouldn't have been sooner than we ended up there. But all I know is that when I met him, I automatically felt something for him. Like at first it was just a hookup. And then after the hookup, we laid together, we talked, we hung out for three hours, which is not like me at all. 
and I just liked him. And then I went back the following night. I ended up going like all four nights that I was there, or five nights that I was there. I hung out with him. And then a week later, he came to stay with me for four days. And that was great. And then a week after that, I went to go hang out with him in Reno for a couple of days for, I believe it was three days. And in the on the Reno trip, when I went to go see him in Reno, I just started to notice some cracks and stuff, you know, just as far as in our communication or our communication styles. And I had noticed it a little bit like after he left where it was like I just didn't feel like everything was the most honest, you know, and I I didn't feel like he was necessarily <sighs> the the problem is when it comes down to it he's 24 and I'm not 24 no matter what anybody thinks about me looking younger than my actual chronological age my age is my age and he is in reality 24 so like I said last week, sometimes people will try to give you that, well, he's a mature 24-year-old. He is a mature 24-year-old, but he's also 24. And so sometimes the needs of a person like me, who's not 24, aren't going to be the same as a 24-year-old. The things that you talk about, the music that you listen to, the even game, like he's a gamer, you know, and so... With me, it's like I can't necessarily relate to all of that. Now, I can like you enough that I can have some kind of interest in it because you have an interest in it, but a lot of these things aren't really going to appeal to me the same way, just as the things that I like aren't necessarily going to appeal to him the same way. And that's something that we've had to somewhat work through, but I don't think he fully realized that we were working through that because I didn't let it be known that it was an effort for me at all. Because for me, it really is an effort because the way that it worked out was I quickly realized that he wasn't into the music that I was into. He doesn't seem to be into the same shows that I'm into when we try to watch TV together. And so my setting for that is just I'll go ahead and be into whatever it is you're into, or at least that's what will be playing in the background. So it would be his music. It would be his show that he likes to watch on TV. And everything was kind of like that. And I even let it be like that here at my place. Because to tell you the truth, a lot of that stuff really doesn't matter to me. If I really enjoy your company... I don't care what you watch. I dated one guy who was so into cars that he would watch car shows on YouTube all the time. And that was fine with me. My default setting in a lot of these cases, because my relationships are what would be called heteronormative, which heteronormative is where you basically model your relationship after the heterosexual relationships, you know, and that's what my thing has always been. So one person is always going to be the girl. Another person is going to be the guy. Those are in quotes because obviously we're both guys. In most cases, most situations I get into, I am the guy in the relationship. That means I take out the trash. I take the dogs to go potty. I do all the traditional guy things. 
and sometimes I do cook, you know, but I've also been in relationships where I've been on the other end where I've been considered to make or not considered, but uh, expected to play the more feminine role in the relationship, which is never the most comfortable for me because that's not the most natural for where I'm at, just naturally set. But at the same time, I respect what are the traditional female roles of a relationship. So if I'm with somebody and that's the way that it falls and they just happen to fall on the more masculine side, then I can also, you know, acclimate myself to that as well. And a lot of people wouldn't necessarily understand that because they do think just in the binary, you know what I mean? There's your one or the other. But with me, I've said before that I can be pretty fluid when it comes to that kind of thing. And my mannerisms don't really change or the way I do things doesn't really change. But just the role that I play in the relationship is what will change. So in this particular relationship, uh, you know, the boy, as I like to call him, he is more on the feminine side, which I absolutely was attracted to and definitely was part of what drew me to him. And he also had in his profile, just as I did, that we were open to LTR, which is long term relationship. So when I went over to meet him, I already knew that he leaned towards long-term relationship. He also had noticed that in my bio as well. And so I guess that's why we started talking as much as we did after. And even though he lived in Reno or lives in Reno, I personally don't let geography get in my way because somebody can always move. And I'm not leaving Las Vegas, so that means that whoever I meet or end up with will have to move here if they want to have an actual relationship with me. But to me, that's not really the biggest thing in the world or the biggest obstacle to try to overcome. So I was open to everything the way that it was, but when I was at his place this last week, I didn't feel as welcomed as I tried to make him feel while he was here. And I did try to be nice about that and kind of pretend that it wasn't happening the way that it was happening because I was in denial, to tell you the truth, because I really do like this guy. I really did like this guy. Um, originally, when the I love you started, because that definitely did come into play, but this is life with me. Sometimes things move fast. And so when the I love you came into play, that was originally him that said it and like both times that he said it the first times he said it one time he was half asleep so whatever with that you know he just accidentally said it and then he corrected himself right after and then the second time was obviously a more awake time and he said it then too and I either way was very into it because when I first get with somebody and I've talked to you guys about this before I, if I like them, then I will like everything about them and I will praise everything about them and I will tell them how beautiful I think they are and how I love their body and I love, you know, the sex we have or like, I, and I mean all of it. Like, that's the thing with me. That's why guys will, if they start dating me in a lot of cases, have feelings in this really quick way because 
Not only am I saying all the things that they would want to hear that anybody would want to hear, I am 100% meaning them and they can feel that I mean them. They can feel, and I did say things to this guy, this boy, that I wouldn't say or hadn't said to anybody else because with him, it was such a different feeling because we did just fall right into a rhythm of getting along. And when we weren't getting along in Reno, I wasn't really thinking about it like because, you know, we were in and out. It wasn't like it was all it was mostly good when I was in Reno. But there were just moments that we had and things that we had to talk about. And it was definitely the getting real part of the relationship. So I don't think it's necessarily because we changed the field, you know, like we went to a different venue and now we were at his place in Reno instead of my place here in Vegas. For me, it seemed more like it was the kind of thing where we just... um we're starting to really get to the real part of being together or the idea of being a couple. And so that was not meshing the best. And I didn't really know how to handle that or what to do about it. And I was trying to be just cool, you know, as far as just blow a lot of stuff off. But then there's a part of me that doesn't do things that way and feels like we should talk about things. So then we did talk about things somewhat, but I didn't feel like we had come to any real resolution. And so, you know, what guys forget sometimes, and I know that this is hard for people to really wrap their brains around in some cases, is that, yeah, I can like you. I can love you. I can think you're the best thing in the world. But when it comes down to it, I'm the best thing in the world because this is my life and I'm the one that's living it and I'm the one that has to take care of the mess after you leave if you decide to leave or I'm the one that's still dealing with me when you're gone so yeah I can really feel all of that about you but the minute that you turn on me the minute that you start to think that you're either better than me smarter than me you know whatever it is you think yeah, I'll be cool for a little while with that and then at some point I'll just let go and I'll either say something that's not the nicest to you or I will completely disassociate because I'm just not built for it that way. Like when it comes down to it, if you're not nice to me, if you're not supportive of me, if you're not a cheerleader then I don't want you around. And that doesn't mean a blind cheerleader. Like if you have a critique about the way that I'm conducting myself or something that I'm doing or the way that I'm interacting with you, I'm completely open to, open to hearing that. And I don't mind addressing that or making adjustments, fixing my behavior. I know that left over from when I was a kid and relationships that I've been in the past, I do have some toxic traits, not nearly as toxic as most people would think. And I'm okay to talk about that. I'm okay to be accountable for that. I hold myself accountable and I'm always trying to be a better person. But if you continuously tell me that I'm doing wrong even when I know that I'm not doing wrong and when I'm just expressing that maybe something is important to me that isn't necessarily important to you and I get it if that's not important to you but you're not going to train me into thinking that that's not important to me because it still is. You know, it, the fact that you don't think something should matter doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly adopt the fact that it doesn't matter too. 
Like, I feel the way I feel and you should feel the way you feel. And if I can make you feel better about a situation by just talking you through it or like letting you know that I'm on your side, I have your back, we're a couple, then I will be willing to work through a lot of things. But when we keep going from, you know, you're fully committed to like seeing where this goes, because obviously we've known each other for like three weeks. So this might all go nowhere. It might have already gone nowhere. It might be nowhere now. And I haven't fully realized that because he is pretty mad at me, but I don't think he understands that. Yeah, I may have fucked up on one particular thing I did, but I have not been the entire problem in the relationship. And I refuse to accept that somebody would try to make me seem like I have been the entire problem in the relationship, especially when, like I said, all my default settings are to pleasing you, making sure that you're happy, making sure that you feel secure in our relationship. And if I'm not getting that reciprocated, then it will turn into a thing where suddenly I want to be around you less. I want to answer your phone calls less. I don't look forward to talking to you the way that I did. And I, I can't make myself like not be that way. You know, it's as much as sometimes I've wanted to in the past, because there have been relationships that I've been in where I felt like the communication wasn't the best, but I really did value the person or I really did value the relationship and I wanted it to keep going. So I was willing, at least on a conscious level, to pretend like I was okay with things that I wasn't even okay with. But then at some point, usually right at the beginning, what will happen is because I wear my emotions on my sleeve in a lot of cases is once we actually have that argument or I feel like somebody doesn't respect me or isn't treating me the way that I should be treated, it will suddenly turn into I start to question why I even like that person to begin with. And I wish, like I said, sometimes I wish I had more control over that. And it's not like I go into some blind rage or whatever. I'll just start pretty methodically taking everything apart in my brain where I'm like, okay, well, this doesn't make sense. And if you really like me, I don't know why this would be like this or why we had this particular argument or how it is that I always end up wrong in the argument or how it is I have to apologize even when you're wrong. And that's really what's started to happen is at first, because I am very willing to take responsibility for when I mess up. But sometimes people will abuse that too and be like, oh, this guy is just a pushover and he'll just keep saying I'm sorry if I just keep telling him things are wrong. And I am not that guy. You know, I will eventually if I know that at a certain point we've crossed over from correcting actual behaviors that I may have that aren't necessarily the most healthy or the most helpful for a, a relationship Instead of us doing that, I will notice when we switch over into the realm of now everything I do is wrong and I'm constantly expected to apologize to you and I will kick back on that and be like, yeah, that's not happening. And not only is that not happening, I'm getting very tired of this situation because I don't feel like it's fair to me. 
because at the end of the day, I do have my back. So even though, yeah, I love you and I think you're great and I think the world of you and I like the way you look and like all the things that I say are 100% true at the beginning, that stuff will begin to fade away and suddenly I'll just see the flaws. The only thing I'll see on you is the flaws and that will be a lot of times not only the mental but the physical too. And I know that this isn't necessarily the healthiest way for my brain to work, but for me, it's been a good way of making sure that I don't stay around anybody that long that doesn't have my best interest in mind. Because if I'm always wrong, I can't always be wrong, you know? Because I, I mean, like, it's just not a fair system to just constantly make me feel like I'm doing something wrong when, like I said, if it's a relationship thing and it's like, okay, this is really important to me, but it's not really important to you, I don't really know how we're supposed to work through that, other than the person just deciding that, you know, this is important to me or me deciding, okay, that's not really that important to me. And that would be where the compromise comes in. And I'm open to compromise on a lot of things, but certain things I'm like, yeah, that's just to me what makes a relationship worth being in. And with our conversation about you know what's happened last night and what all transpired because it all happened over the phone basically and through text message and I'm really confused about it because the things that I had problems with to me are things that are positive for a relationship you know like and I could be wrong but I really do feel like we should be each other's cheerleaders and we should be there to uplift each other. And that might sound cheesy, but a lot of stuff I say sounds cheesy, you know? I mean, like when I'm really with someone or like someone or I'm getting to know someone and I feel like there might be something there, I'm a cheese ball and that's what it is. I will, like I said, I'm, I'll encourage you in every way possible. Anything you want to do, I'll tell you is possible and I know you can do it and I believe in you. But if I don't get that back, then I just feel like, oh, you've mistaken me for a fan. I'm not a fan. I just really did like you. And so naturally for me, liking somebody and supporting somebody are right next door to each other, you know? And I don't feel like hooking up with this guy in the first place or going to Reno or him coming here. I don't feel like any of that was a mistake at all. I had such a good time. Like I said, even in Reno, most of the time I had a really good time there. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's meant to last forever. And I, you know, I fully admit, I when I get to know someone or I'm getting to know someone, I'll talk about marriage, I'll talk about kids, I'll find out what are all the important things to me at this particular point in my life. And when it comes to this guy being 24 years old, I really didn't think anything about it because if you say 
that that's what you want. That's what you're thinking about is an exclusive relationship. Because I tried the open relationship thing back when I was with the Beast, if you guys remember back then. And it was cool, but I just couldn't take it seriously. Because to me, it was like, well, I don't really know what the point of an open relationship is. And I'm not putting anybody down that's in an open relationship. If it works for you, it works for you. But for me personally, and the way that I think... I'm not really built for an open relationship. So I knew that going into this situation, the person that I'm talking to had said that he's cool with that too, that that's actually what he wanted was something exclusive rather than something open. And then I felt like as we got to know each other better and as we were hanging out more, then it kind of switched to like maybe we should do an open thing. But like, you know, it, that wasn't the conversation in the beginning. So if you're saying that you don't want to be with me, which I was told over and over is not the case. If you're saying that you do want to be with me, then I don't really know why it is we're talking about changing the rules to what it was that we set up. Now, if you want to have an open relationship, you want to do that kind of stuff, then by all means, go do that. But I'm not going to be in a situation that I'm not happy with saying that I'm okay with something that I'm not okay with when I know that that's not the way that I want to live my life. Especially, like I said, at this point in my life, like, you know, it's weird what a difference a year or a year and a half can make because back when I was with the beast I was in like good time mode I wasn't partying I wasn't drinking I wasn't smoking weed I wasn't doing anything back when I was with the beast I was completely 100% sober no alcohol nothing so I really felt in my clearest head in my heart of hearts at that moment that I wasn't worried about being in an exclusive relationship. I was fine with an open relationship. I was fine with seeing how the dynamics of that work with my personality. But when it was all said and done, it just wasn't for me. And so I messed around for a while and really had a good time. Even back when I was with the beast, I had a good time. You know, I didn't, I wasn't miserable hanging out with him. We had really good times and he would cook for me and he was very sweet in a lot of ways. But when it ran its course, it had run its course. And I was, when it was done, I was in a place where I felt like, yeah, I do want an exclusive relationship, but I'm not going to try to force that on anybody. And everybody that I was coming across, literally and figuratively, um, was just for fun. That's all they were looking for. And I was fine with that too. And I did that to an extreme. And that's a part of why I went ahead and disabled or deleted my grinder and my scruff, which are the only two, well, you call them dating apps, but they're hookup apps really for gay men. But those are the only two apps that I had installed on my phone. So when I decided to get rid of those a couple of weeks back, yeah, it was for the relationship that I'm in or the guy that I'm seeing. But at the same time, I had gotten to the point where I started feeling like Grinder and Scruff were taking away from my life because, 
you know, you have to hook up with people. When you hook up with people, you have to arrange for them to come to your place or you go to their place and that's time consuming. Then if they get there and they're not what you're into or they catfish you a little bit, then you have to push them away, which is a little bit of stress, you know, when you're like, uh, not not feeling it and you try to be nice and not bring up the fact that they're using 20 year old pictures or 10 year old pictures and you just try to be as cool as you can and press on but even that can cause a little bit of anxiety and then I have all my work stuff that I'm supposed to do not only the stand-up which I have you know I think Alabama coming up next week who knows who cares we'll talk about it later but the point is you know, I have so much stuff going that I don't want to take time. I don't want to spend the time in circular arguments where I'm willing to admit that I was wrong in certain ways, but the other person refuses to admit to any fault at all. It's always like, yeah, well, let's talk about how you did this. And I'm like, well, that was really a reaction to you doing that. And I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I'm saying that if you want to get down to the bottom of why I'm saying these particular things or what made me feel this particular way or maybe why I or my body isn't responding to you the way that you remember it responding to you, then I don't really know what it is we're supposed to do to move past that. You know, if I'm not supposed to tell you that this is where it came from because then it sounds like I'm putting it back on you, but I'm not trying to put it back on you. What I'm trying to do is like let you know what the cause and effect was for what I did. Obviously, you know the effect because that's probably something that you're mad at me about. But if I can tell you what the cause was or what triggered me in the first place, then I feel like even though you may not have liked the way that I express myself at the same time, it is a positive thing for any relationship that I'm in because then you get a better sense of me. I get a better sense of you and we can decide whether or not we're actually compatible. And so it is what it is. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're just done now. Because in a way, I hate to admit this, but in a way it was what I wanted because I can't deal with not only the part that I told you, but what was also what also did bother me was we got into it over text message. Like I said, it all happened over the phone. So it was text message. And then. I wasn't particularly inflammatory in the text messages and I wasn't particularly mean, but I was very clear about the fact that something that had happened in our time hanging out together had made me feel like I didn't necessarily want to respect the situation as being exclusive or monogamous. It wasn't actual like him messing around or whatever, but it was just something that, you know, is his business. And But for me, it was just not the kind of stuff that you would do if you have a boyfriend. That's the way I felt about it. And especially... I don't know if I told you guys, but like he told me we were boyfriends when he came to visit me, which I am very familiar with 
you know, the feeling of when somebody's into me. And so I knew that something like that was coming or that we were going to talk about that just because I like and I like I said, when I say that somebody's into me, believe me, I'm not like, oh, they're so into me and I'm so not feeling them. What activates it all is the fact that I'm so into them as well. And so, like I said, that's what will accelerate the process. And that's why when people choose to leave, yeah, I get bummed out, but I also stay very happy at a, in a way because I know that I'm the magic in any situation that I'm in. And I don't say that to be conceited. I think we should all feel like we're the magic, in, even though some people really aren't. But I think we all should feel like we're the magic in our relationships. Like, yeah, I do have a lot of control over me and I do have a lot of control over what happens in my life because that's the way it's set up because I didn't want to have to be reliant on other people or feel like I had to be in a situation that I didn't necessarily want to be in just because they were helping me pay my bills or they were handling this particular part of my life or you know any of that stuff isn't what I'm like what I'm about or what I'm into or what I'm gonna do and so like I said uh, we got into it over text message and then he sent screenshots of our text messages to his friends. Well, one, I don't know your friends. And two, I don't know or I don't want your friends thinking a particular thing about me when I those text messages to me weren't even inflammatory. Like I said, what happened was I felt like my relationship wasn't necessarily being respected and I knew that I was going to Phoenix and I don't know who I'm going to bump into in Phoenix. So even though I'm not planning on doing anything or messing around with anybody, I know that I didn't feel at that point like I could 100% guarantee that I was going to respect our relationship. So I sent a message that expressed that, just saying like, hey, no promises on anything because, you know, let's just pretend like we're not boyfriends for this week because I don't feel like, like I said, I didn't feel like the other party was respecting our relationship. So if you're not respecting it, but then I'm still expected to respect it, I don't know how that works out. And when I tried to talk to him and find out, you know, why that thing even happened that kind of triggered me, as you could say, or set me off in some ways, I, when I tried to find out why it was that went down, I got a lot of circular talk and no direct answers. And then I finally ended up getting some kind of direct answer, I believe, but I'm not 100% sure because there's been so much arguing. Like it was three hours today, two hours and like 43 minutes was what we were on the phone at the beginning of Thanksgiving Day when I drove to Phoenix to hang out with my family and I'm there specifically for my family and now I can't really hang out with my family because instead I'm arguing on the phone with him because he called me back last night. I Yeah, he called me last night and he kind of cussed me out or whatever and I also don't mind that because that's the way sometimes relationships work and as long as you're not being verbally abusive if all you're doing is you know just a little bit of you're a fucking asshole because of this and this is where you messed up and this is then I'm fine with that you know that is husband shit that's boyfriend shit like yeah every once in a while the person you're with is gonna bitch at you and you're supposed to just take it and I get that and I'm cool with it but 
even when, like I said, even when I'm right, I'm still wrong. Even when I bring up something valid, there's still a reason why that happened the way that it happened and why I just have to accept it. And I feel like, no, I really don't have to just accept it. Like, that's what you don't get is, and I explained this to the boy earlier today, that in a, in a way, it's a lot like a dominant, you know, a dom submissive situation. So the dominant is actually supposed to be in charge. Like that's the appearances is that the dominant person is in charge. But if you know about the world or if you know about that world, the submissive is the person that's really in charge because at any point the submissive could choose to decide not to be submissive anymore. So they could just be like, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. So untie me or else this is kidnapping. I'm going to say my safe word, Britney Spears, and you're going to get your paws off of me. You're going to get your whip. Uh, you're going to whip and you're going to nay-nay out of my life is what you're going to do. But, you know, uh, but that's what some people lose track of is that the submissive has to choose to be submissive or else you're kind of shit out of luck. And when I say that I take this particular role of accepting that, you know, every once in a while I'm going to get yelled at and every once in a while I'm going to, you know, be treated like a stupid guy. And like I said, even that part does something for me mentally where it's like, you know, yeah, I don't and I don't mean verbally abusive, like somebody's calling me a stupid guy or whatever. But, you know, in a lot of cases, in a lot of straight marriages, the guy's kind of the dumb one. That's the way it gets played. And then the woman is the smart one. And she every once in a while has to remind him that he's dumb. And this is what he doesn't get. And this is what he doesn't understand. And not necessarily the most emotionally intelligent, which I do have the emotional intelligence down. But uh, even though I don't always apply it the best way, because sometimes I get emotional too, and I will be reactive even sometimes because it's gotten less and less and I've gotten better and better at that. So it's not really a thing where I feel like I constantly have to be in some sort of defense because sometimes I'm willing to just accept that I'm the dumb guy in the relationship. But there will come a point if you push it too far where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not dumb. I'm not as into you as you probably think I am. And you're not just going to decide to be dismissive of me and the things that I think are important when I'm treating the things that you want as the most important things in the world. Because that's the other thing is I will treat your priorities. Again, I have to work on me and I have to work on what it is I'm doing. So I won't completely stop what I'm doing and dedicate my life to your cause. But at the same time, I will be very clear about the fact that if there's any way that I can actually help, I definitely will help. Another thing we had going on was just the fact that I don't think that things always have to be that dramatic. And some people would think that you know, uh, because of my behavior for the last couple of months on the Las Vegas comedy scene, that that means that I'm somewhat disruptive or that I enjoy drama. I really don't enjoy drama. And if you look at those instances, the problems that I've had on the Vegas comedy scene, you'll notice that it wasn't really about me causing drama. In some cases, it was about me standing up for myself. And like I said, sometimes I do regret the way that some of those things came out. But 
I don't like drama. I'm not looking for drama. And when it comes to my personal relationship, especially my dating relationship, I'm just too old now to be arguing about stuff that doesn't matter. You know, I'm just too old to not just when somebody messes up, just accept that that person has messed up. And I'm even willing to forgive when people mess up with me, which that did happen the other day. And I was I let it be known that I wasn't happy about that. And again, I felt like I wasn't being respected or I wasn't being treated well. And so I was very clear about that's the way that I felt. And in the moment, the boy apologized for it, which I was thankful for that he took responsibility and he just apologized for it. And I was happy with that. And I was willing to let it go completely. He even sent me a text message where he was like, I still feel awful about that. And I was like, well, it is what it is. And I forgive you. I'm over it, you know, because you apologized for it and you took responsibility. So I'm not going to stay mad about that. And I, you know, let him know that don't worry, my feelings haven't changed. And at that point, they really hadn't, you know, they really hadn't at all. And I felt just as strongly for him as I did before that that, that happened, because like I said, he had taken responsibility and it was addressed. And so that's all I can ask because we can't change the past, you know, and you can't keep harping on people about things that they already apologize for. At a point, you got to either get over it or get out of it. That's the way I see relationships. And I had no interest in going anywhere uh, metaphorically, physically, obviously, I had to leave Reno because I had to come back to Vegas and start moving my apartment. But I really um, didn't have any real issues, you know, letting that go. I was fine to let that go. So then cut to a couple days later, and he says something dismissive like that that particular instance or me calling out that particular instance was actually just because I was feeling emotional that day. And it was like, no, I wasn't feeling emotional that day. Technically, I felt fine that day. But what you had done just had offended me or not made me feel good, you know, and I didn't feel like that was something that somebody that I'm dating is supposed to make me feel like. And I know nobody's in charge of your feelings, so nobody makes you feel anything, but it did definitely give me some sort of response and feeling when I was dealing with that situation. And like I said, a lot of this stuff, I only don't tell the full story because I am trying to respect the privacy of another person. And so I... I hesitate to talk about things exactly the way that I want to talk about them because I don't want anybody to have any negative, especially like somebody that's dated me, to have any kind of negative repercussions about anything that I say. And nothing he did was bad enough that he should. But even like social, uh, you know, judgment as far as like social goes, I don't want people thinking any particular bad thing about him because he definitely isn't a bad person. It's just our communication styles were different. And so even though I really, really did like him and it, for that moment, I really did feel like I loved him. I don't know if I can guarantee that that's going to be a feeling that we're going to go through or go back to. And so tonight, a couple hours ago, maybe an hour and a half ago, 
he had called me and I was in the bathroom and because we had had that long argument, we had decided that we weren't going to talk for the rest of the weekend. And so I wasn't expecting anybody calling me. My phone was on vibrate. I really wasn't checking out. Anyway, turns out he had called me and then he was upset because I hadn't answered the phone. But one, we weren't supposed to talk this weekend anyway. So I don't know how you're mad at me for not answering my phone Two. During the conversation that we were having when we had gotten into it earlier today for three hours, he had at a point said that we weren't boyfriends anymore, that we weren't going to be together. So then I'm like, okay, so that's like, you know, two, you can't get mad at me when I'm not your boyfriend and I don't answer my phone. But here I am in trouble yet again. And I did call him back because there is a part of me that wants to salvage the relationship or wanted to salvage the relationship. But I can't be the only one and I can't be the only one really putting in work for a relationship to actually stand any kind of amount of time. You know, we've only known each other for three weeks. And so, yeah, I get it that we should just still be in the honeymoon and hanging out phase. But at the same time, it's very hard to do that when you're not feeling like the other person is not only respecting you, but also not getting you when you let them know how you feel disrespected, why you feel disrespected, what you think needs to change in that particular situation. Or if you tell me, you give me some resolution and tell me what you think needs to happen. You know, I mean, like all of this stuff to me, like that wouldn't have been that big of a deal either but it's just we can't talk because everything turns super dramatic and like I said I'm not trying to make things dramatic so when I'm trying to talk I really am trying to hear you out I'm also making sure that I get hurt as well and it's not I can't just be like okay well that didn't happen we'll just pretend like that argument didn't happen or we'll just pretend like that person didn't say that particular thing or that I didn't say a particular thing. No, we have to admit to what it is we say and what it is that we're doing. And that sometimes can be hard when you're having to actually be hard on yourself and be like, you know, I really shouldn't have said that. I really shouldn't have behaved that way or I shouldn't have talked that way or this shouldn't be an argument. And But that happens on both sides where you just have to look at it sometimes and be like, is this worth it or is this petty or, you know, there's all of that happening too because anybody that's been through a relationship knows how that works, that every once in a while you will be wrong and you will need to adjust your behavior just as the other person will. But I think this one might be over and it's, it's too bad because I really, really did feel it. And there is even a point where I said a cheesy, cheesy line and told this person that I felt like he was made for me. And I did feel that in that moment, like we were just clicking so well and our connection, you know, because even he admits that like our connection is amazing when we're together, when we're in the same room, you know, it's really is something special. But. If I feel like that feeling doesn't hold up when I'm gone and we're doing a long distance relationship, to me, that's 
just as important as the chemistry that we have when we're in the room together. It might be more important than the chemistry that we have in the room together. Because if you're trying to keep a long distance relationship going, then that strong connection, strong communication, uh, you know, it's, it really is going to go a long way, in my opinion, to making sure that things work a particular way. And I know that last week I said I was going to talk about this relationship and I basically said I was going to talk about how great it was, even though I didn't say that in so many words. But that's really what, you know, I was talking about was that it is a really good situation or was a really good situation. And I wanted to talk about that for the entire Unbothered is how great things are going. But now things aren't going as great. But I don't really worry about that as much as maybe some people would think. And that's because I have, you know, had these little romances here and there. So I'm kind of used to the feeling of lightweight heartbreak, you know, when you thought you met somebody and then it didn't turn out to be what you thought. It was a little bit of fool's gold, you know, and that's not against anybody or calling anybody fake gold or whatever. I'm just saying like, you know, you thought it was your nugget of gold and then it turned out not to be your nugget of gold. And so, you know, that is something that I felt like was more important to talk about because a lot of people think about me and messing up professional relationships. Well, I wanted to show everybody that I can mess up personal relationships just as great as the professional ones. But really, I didn't want to show people that. I just joke. I really wanted it to work out and I really wanted things to be what I wanted them to be. But at the end of the day when you're dealing with, you know, factors that are that different, you know, and also the person, even when I told them that I felt like they had violated my security by sending the screen screenshots to somebody, to a group text of friends, I was just like, yeah, I don't want these strangers having this particular thinking about me when that was just an argument that we had between us and I thought a personal thing. I didn't think that was anything that would end up for public consumption. And like I said, I'm not worried about it. If it were to get printed somewhere, you know, the words that I said last night and I would have no problem with that. I wouldn't be apologizing for it or, or publicly, you know, I wouldn't think like, oh, I've got to apologize to the world now because I wasn't particularly nice in this way or you know like I don't care about that it is what it is I was upset I got annoyed and I felt like what I had been sold on wasn't what I was getting now or it wasn't going to be what I was getting and it's like why would you waste my time like that but then the, the bigger part of me is like you're not going to change people. And I've told you guys this before, too. Like, you're not going to change people. What you can change are your reactions to people or how fast your turnaround time is. Because, yeah, I can say I'm bummed and that's the truth. But th the fact of the matter is I've got to finish packing up and getting rid of everything in this apartment or moving it tomorrow and the next day. Hopefully I have a couple of days that I can actually work on this. But, you know, the way that it all works out, I don't have time to just completely lie in bed or lay in bed and just be like, OK, what went wrong? I feel so terrible. I think I messed up in this way. I don't have time for that. 
I just have to get back on the horse and do what it is that I have to do. Because like I always say, you can't change the world, but what you can change are your reactions to the world. And to me, no matter which way this goes, I have a lot of work to do. I have a lot of things to take care of. So whether or not that relationship stays an actual thing or it continues to grow or it changes in some way, whatever happens with, with that relationship happens with that relationship. And I have to, on my side, continue to work and make progress and do the things that I'm supposed to do and do the things that I need to do to get myself to the next level. Because like I've said before, if I end up having to have a kid on my own, if I end up just having to completely handle that whole process on my own, I want to be able to make enough money that that's just what I do. Because I may not, it may not be in the cards for me to ever get married. Maybe I'm not the marrying type. Maybe no matter how nice I am to these people or their parents or their friends or their family, I'm just not going to be the type that ends up getting married. But that doesn't mean that I can't realize my dream of being a father, which is something that I've wanted to be since I was a kid. And there were points where I would think that it wasn't possible or I would suppress the idea or the feeling um, or the wanting but in the end, I know that that's a part of what it is I'm meant to be. And I know that with a lot of the lessons I've learned and the ways to conduct myself out in the world, I could give a lot to a kid. You know, I could teach them a lot of things that I wish people had taught me the things that I think are important for getting through the world. And I might not always be right, but what parent is right all the time. And so... Whether it ends up being, you know, with this guy or another guy or somebody I've never met ever or one of the people from the past, which not likely, but if it did become whatever it would be, it's something I want to be still continue to be open to. And so I'm not going to change from, you know, being as open and loving as I am with people when I first meet them lately because I used to be good at the just the cold hard hookup but lately I've gotten better at actually opening my heart and being like okay let me see what this person is like and let me see what they actually feel like and not just assume that it'll not work because it happened on Grinder or we didn't do it the traditional way or whatever but it is what it is, and I can say that even though I'm thankful and grateful for all the good things in my life, um, I don't know where I'm at with that one. And I don't mean that in a tantrum way. I don't mean it in a I'm just upset and I'll cool off way. I don't know if my feelings will go back to being as sweet as they were. And I, who knows, maybe I could surprise myself, and I can completely let a lot of that stuff go but I also need the other end to let go of things too it can't just be like I'm supposed to let go of things and I'm supposed to apologize and then the other end doesn't have to let go of things and doesn't have to apologize it's just not the way I'm gonna live my life but like I said overall things are great so I'm thankful for all the good things in my life even if everything isn't perfect things will never be perfect this has been Ty Rivera, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world.